Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Hi, dear listeners. This is Rajesh Sinman. Welcome to the State of the Economy podcast. In this episode, we will talk about the DGCA giving its nod to EKVI Air Training Limited to be the first flying training organization in Tamil Nadu. The Madras Flying Club is one of the premier flying institutes in the country. It used to operate from inside the Chennai airport but was shifted to Tiruchi two years back. Across India, there are 35 FTOs but most of them are in the north. Tamil Nadu has a number of airstrips but has not managed to get an FTO. Captain Mohan Ranganathan, former airline instructor pilot, and a member of the Civil Aviation Safety Advisory Council throws more light on this issue as to why Tamil Nadu has not been able to get an FTO so far. Let's listen to what he has to say. Let me start immediately with the uh, Tamil Nadu government last week, uh, in fact, got a permission saying that um, one of the FTOs in Salem. Uh, yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, we have so many airstrips, but... Uh, it took so long for uh, either the center or the state to have an FTO. So probably, can you throw some light as to why this delay? What are the reasons for this, sir? During my time, when uh, you know I was in the flying club in the 60s, we had flying club in Madras, Coimbatore, uh, Bangalore, which is Jakur, and Hyderabad, and Trivandrum. And number of pilots in the airlines were from the south. But after the center started that Igrua and Reverily, then the focus on hiring pilots uh, who are from Igrua took uh, precedence, and the others were practically left in the dark and people started losing interest in maintaining flying clubs. It became an expensive proposition. Actually, 15 years back, uh, the Tyagaraja group in Madurai, Mr. Kanan Tyagarajan, had uh, assigned the Madras Consultancy Group to work out the feasibility study on starting a flying training academy. Linked up with the engineering college, they would set up everything. We even went to Singapore to get data from the Singapore Air Show. Okay. And, the, and then when the final report was made, we found that it was not viable. So Mr. Khan dropped that idea. Mm-hmm. And you will find that uh, even the flying clubs in the north, like if you go through the late 20, from 2005 to when the boom started, there were plenty of flying clubs because they had connections with the DGCA. Okay. License were granted without proper cross-checks. And that is why we had a plethora of uh, fake licenses at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, even now, the... Starting a flying academy becomes a very expensive proposition because the rules, there are far too many rules which are contraindicating. Okay. And uh, 
the DGC and the ministry have absolutely no clue. You know, people are spending a fortune going abroad to study. Yes. They get their licenses abroad, which is very easy to get the license once you finish the minimum. And you come back, and that is one of the biggest money-making rackets for DGC, converting mm -hmm. a foreign license to the Indian license. Okay. So, you know, for Tamil Nadu government, uh, for that flying academy which is being approved, the center can announce. But then unless the state government takes interest and pumps in money to encourage people from our state, they will not like. I started with a scholarship. The first 70 hours for all of us were free because we were on a Tamil Nadu government scholarship. And many of us got into airlines. But so first and foremost, like we have, like you said, there are several day trips. You know, we don't have to go to a regular air strip, which is run by airport authority. Like they've chosen Salem because there's no airline flying into Salem. So, you know, airport authority is trying to get someone to start. Again, if you look at the cost, when I did my CPL, it cost me 5,700 rupees. Today, you're looking at 25 to 50 lakhs. It's a huge cost. And uh, so we have, a, like, you don't have to go to Velour. You have Velour, which you can use. But then there are far too many buildings which have come up there. So one of the ideal places, if you ask me, if Tamil Nadu government were to pitch in and say that they will underwrite an aviation academy. There are many of us retired pilots who can help out. We have a lot of experience in flying and uh, we can help because we are all ex-Madras Flying Club guys. And you have Ulundurpet, which is not very far from here, which is an abandoned airfield. They can convert that and you can build an academy there. It's not far from Chennai and it's in a and you have Pondicherry, which is being used by airlines. But you can use, if you go into regular airport authority, airports, it becomes an expensive proposition because everything is decided by them. It is much better for someone to get the license and the government to back it, like what the central government did for IGRUA. They must do something like that to encourage people from our state and the southern states we can definitely do a lot for that. The private enterprises who may start, for them, it is more a short-term money-making racket. Why have companies actually not shown interest in having FTO in Tamil Nadu? I, I agree with the points which you made. But is there something else? Is it because of the location or is it because of the fee structure which the center has been imposing on the airports authority of India airports? Uh, yes. As you said, uh, private a uh, lot of private airstrips are there in uh, Madurai. There, Naivali, PSU Naivali can also be used. Ulundurpet uh, is also an option. But still, yes. uh, there are attractive uh, locations, but still companies have not come in. Yeah, that's because what you invest, like even in an airline, though people think that uh, it's a very lucrative uh, investment, it is not. The returns are very limited. And uh, people play with numbers to show that, you know, they have profits, which is not. It is just a number game. 
But for an aviation flight training academy, the government has to realize that if you want your transport section, air transport section to build up, you must provide the infrastructure and you must provide, not everybody, it's not a rich man's profession. Right now, only people who can afford, they are going in. But what you have to say is, do they have the aptitude to become pilots? Like we all had to do an aptitude test to see whether we have the aptitude to become pilots. So the government has to invest, choose the right people. And unless you have the government funding, there are a lot of people in the lower income group who cannot, who may have the aptitude, but who can't afford to even become basic private pilots. It has got to be a joint industry and the government uh, venture, which will start to say that we will promote, like you're talking so much about uh, Tamil Nadu being the automobile capital and things like that. You can actually build up the aviation infrastructure here. But it is just, it takes someone with a vision to do that. Tamil Nadu has uh, a lot of engineering colleges, as you know. Uh, but not having a flying academy for a long time, how has it affected uh, students who actually wanted to become a pilot? And also the airline industry, uh, has it really made a difference to them? You see, the number of, if you look at the list of pilots who are flying for various airlines, the numbers from the south have reduced considerably to what it was 30, 40 years back. One, the connections, because you see, it's not the days when people were chosen on merit. Now it is more those who are selected on connections. So if you don't have political connections, you can't get a job properly. And even to get into an A-line, it makes it very, very tough. Some do, like there was one youngster I knew, his father had come and asked for because he had done his Australian license and the DGCA was taking them for a ride for conversion. And when he got the license, I told him, I said, don't wait for an airline job. I said, you have advertisements coming in regularly from Coast Guard and uh, join them on that five-year thing. You pick up the uh, experience during five years and then you become readily available without spending too much to join an airline because airlines need experienced captains. I'm glad that that youngster is now flying in an airline. Many can do that, but that is one avenue. But provided we give them an avenue to get the license at a low cost. Right now, it's prohibitive. South had an advantage a few years back. But uh, looking at the number of FTOs across the country, it now seems to be completely moving towards the northern region. How have they pulled out of this? I mean, uh, really, they have shown, uh, is there something different which they are doing compared to the southern uh, regions? No, it is just that they have the connections and they have the people there to push the right directions. You know, what people don't realize in the south, one of the reasons why... Tamil Nadu and Karnataka had a good base for flying training is because the weather conditions here throughout the year are good for training. 
because when you're doing your training in the initial stages in the club, you need clear weather for training. Not for six months, it's with fog and poor visibility, heavy rains. Like we had the ideal weather conditions for having flying training. But then Madras Flying Club had to shift out of the airport. They, I think for a short time, they were using Velour. I don't know why they didn't continue and they shut down. Maybe they didn't have... It could have continued and progressed if the Tamil Nadu government had stepped in and given the financial help. Even now, Coimbatore, but then Coimbatore has become an international airport and is very busy. So the question of starting a flying training there is tough. But as you had said, if Navy has one, and we know that Ulundur Pet has, the weather conditions are good, the connectivity is good, but it needs the funding which only the government can give. I don't think any industry, you see, people, the industrialists, even though they all love to fly, but I don't think they want to invest to promote youngsters to come up as pilots. They're all looking at how much money I can make, what is the return if I invest this. Now, somebody with a focus on doing it as a social service because you need pilots to fly an aircraft. You need aircrafts for your transportation. So somebody has to look at the larger picture than the limited profit picture. But is there a kind of a neglect kind of an attitude among the southern states? Uh, we have not seen definitely. action. Yeah, definitely the central government neglects the south. It's very, very obvious. It's not just now. It's been like that for the last 20 years, 25 years. You've never seen any input. You'll find, like even if you go to the DGC, if you take the statistics, if some club applies for a license from Bihar or UP or Gujarat or Rajasthan, they'll get it in a jiffy. But if somebody from the South, they'll go through the paperwork, they'll say, this is not there, that is not there, come back with the correction. And at every time you've got to grease somebody's palm you know, to get the clearance. So uh, I think people lose enthusiasm and interest because the hurdles put up by DGCN, uh, Ministry of Civil Aviation, is not conducive for a southern entrepreneur to start a flying club. Sir, uh, but uh, has the state government, especially Tamil Nadu, taken some action? I, we only recently, they have issued a tender for calling for Ulundur Pet was one and Salem also. But not much action was taken by the state government as well, right? Yeah, but who do the state government consult? Now, you they form a committee with bureaucrats. Show me one bureaucrat who's got experience in aviation or in the flying field. So that's the same thing here. You have committees which are formed with people who don't know ABC of flying or who don't know what is required to get a pilot online. Only then you can have. But if you have a bunch of bureaucrats who know nothing about aviation, who decide, and they'll all be looking at, you know, what is the investment and what is the budget for that. Now, this is something where you don't count the rupees and paisa. You've got to think for the future. You don't look at today. 
Ulundurpet, if you ask me, is an ideal one. It's outside the flying areas of Tambram Air Force or the Arkonam Airfield. So it is not affected, interfering with any uh, military activity. And it will not interfere with your civil aviation thing because of obstacles and all that. So if you start an aviation academy in a place like Ulundurpet, you'll have clear weather for 250 days in a year or 300 days in a year. They can easily do it. And it's not too far for people to go. And, and I can tell you that a lot of people will be willing to do voluntary service just because we want to promote somebody from the state to become a pilot in an airline. Sir, uh, finally, with uh, Air India and uh, Indigo playing such a huge order uh, for aircraft, how do you see the situation uh, for more FTOs coming in uh, India and especially in Tamil Nadu and uh, maybe southern region as well? And what should uh, governments like Tamil Nadu should do uh, maybe to have more uh, institutes in the state? You see, large orders are just orders. What comes in is what you've got to look at. You know, and you have the firm orders, you have options, and you've got to see how many are replacements for older aircrafts or aircrafts on lease going back. So don't take that 470 and 500 as simple arithmetic of additions. So what it really happens is what is going to happen five years down the line. If Air India, I understand, is planning to have a total training center, like when we joined Indian Airlines in the 70s, we only signed the bond. The training was done. All of us had a CPL. The training for the different aircrafts were given by the airline. They bond the guy and you can get yeah, it's the airline which should foot the bill. But what is happening today, even with Indigo, is you'll have to get your license, you'll have to pay through your nose for that. But there's no job guarantee. Like you take Singapore Airlines, how did they build it up? They take not even a CPL holder, they take you know, they give aptitude test, they select the candidate who they think will make a pilot. They send them for flying training and they employ him as a second officer. He gains experience observing in an airline. Then he gets trained by the airline as a first officer and becomes a captain. Now that is how an airline which looks at the future should do. And here, and the Singapore government gives a subtle backing for all that. Now, if, Tamar, if Air India and Indigo decide that we will bear the cost of the, you know, the airliner training, that is Airbus or Boeing and you know, those training, the airline should take over the cost. And the flying academy should be the airline and the government combined should share the cost of having a flying academy. The final question Going forward, how lucrative uh, is this uh, sector going to be in terms of other students to look at pilot as an option or getting into the airline industry? And also your advice to students to whether to look at this as an option? Even though the airlines 
are projecting that they're growing. Now you just take back the last 15 years or last 20 years. Have the numbers that they projected, whether it's airport authority for an airport or airline for their uh, profits and load factors, have they matched the numbers that they keep projecting? It is not simple multiplication which the ministry and the airlines do. See what they have. So for a youngster, a student, to in a spend money for becoming an airline pilot, you've got to think what is going to be your return. Because, see, it's not easy to get a loan for a youngster to get for flying training unless the parents are willing to underwrite the cost. And it's a huge investment for the parents. How many can afford it? So that is why I'm saying that the government has to think of the future in conjunction with the airlines. Start a flying academy in each state. It is not that you start, like I understand Air India is going to have a very big academy in Delhi. How many can afford to go and do it in Delhi? And uh, so it is all north-oriented projections. So that is why the southern state governments should combine and start an academy to promote their own people. And that, that is the only way to move forward. You said it's very costly. Uh, is there any number which you can give, uh, some kind of an indicator how much it would cost at this? Like uh, it, co it costs 50 lakhs to get a commercial pilot license and another 50 lakhs to get your Airbus or 320. So you're looking at one crore. Okay. Sir. And and if you look at the salaries which the airlines are offering for a co-pilot, okay, some airlines are good, but there are others on paper they offer, but they don't pay the salaries. You know, I don't want to mention the name, but there are, you know, like GoAir and SpiceJet, they don't even pay the salaries. So this is going to create a lot of problems, not just for the people who get the license, even for the parents who sell their property and sell whatever savings they have just to promote their children to become a pilot. Now, is it worth it? That is what they have to look at. And uh, one crore is not something that any normal parent can afford to make a pilot out of his child. So I think this is where somebody has to step in and say that, you have your basic education, you have the aptitude, then we will underwrite your cost. If they can do that, then you will find there'll be a lot of progress. But education loan for this is not available, sir, just for my understanding. You can't get an education loan for flying license. Okay. But this is where the government, if you have a flying training organization, like for me, the first 70 hours was free. It was a Tamil Nadu government scholarship. If you promote, and that is where, you know, again, you can't have manipulation to select the people that, you know, you want to favor. It's got to be an impartial aptitude test to see whether he has, like if you take the flying training organizations, not every pilot can be an instructor. You have to have the aptitude to teach. So why the training standards have lowered in the recent times is because every Tom, Dick and Harry is being made an instructor when he doesn't have the aptitude to train. These are things that they have to look into. 
and a good academy can do it, but you need uh, the backing of the government. Thank you very much, sir, for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into this podcast.